tight. Alright, what's up? Snapbacks and Interbrews. Awesome share, Hunter Ornstein. Run it back, you broke up halfway through. <laughs> Wonderfuckingful. Alright, what's up? Snapbacks and Interbrews. Austin share, Hunter Hornstein. This is our podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Austin, I'm about to lose my fucking mind. I hate cursing this early into an episode, but I'm about to lose my fucking mind with this goddamn internet at my fucking apartment is this a new problem hunter or is this a recurring issue no this is a fucking recurring issue it's terrible everything about it is awful it's ruined pretty much every goddamn recording that we've tried to do is record it's fucked up zooms it's fucked up my work it's fucked up everything and uh yeah so i don't know what the hell i'm paying for but certainly uh spectrum is not going to be a uh, a sponsor of this show um, how are you though? We had a, uh, we got a good episode coming up. Good, good guests, yeah. uh, just around the corner. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I think I'm better than you. Um, which, you know, it, it doesn't mean much, but I, I do think that if, if we're giving out superlatives, I think I'm in a better spot, uh, than you. I've had five bars all night. Um, now my laptop battery is running low. My phone battery is running lower, but Hey, I've got plugs for that. So I'm doing well. What I don't have plugs for is hair. Uh, but I'm thankful that we are wearing hats always in this podcast um, to avoid the need for hair plugs uh, as opposed to charging plugs. So yeah, overall solid rock solid. Looking forward to this episode. Um, Had my buddy, Anthony Franciscini on former minor league baseball intern over in St. Pete, spent some time uh, in the minor league ranks with the Tampa Tarpons Um, currently residing down in Miami beach, living that uh, 305 lifestyle. Uh, We called him Mr. Worldwide offline. Uh, not on the podcast to avoid uh, copyright issues with Pipple. Um, although I'm realizing, you know, me saying that now, we're probably going to hit those. So what's up, Pitbull's lawyers, Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide. Uh, but yeah, this is a great episode. We hear a lot about uh, about Anthony, his career progression, his story, his podcast. He has phenomenal guests. Um, if you're listening to Poop 2 podcasts, make it ours, make it his. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think this one was fun. And, and uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think that the two of us are getting better with age. We're like fine wine um, with bad internet connection. As always, give us a rate and review. It certainly helps on uh, Apple and uh, and Spotify if you listen to that. Uh, we're on Anchor and those other things, but really Apple, Spotify is where you're going to get your uh, your podcast. Uh, hit us up on Twitter if you don't follow us on Twitter, at Pod. Also, subscribe and follow the OSS, excuse me, the OSS, the Oh Shit Songs playlist uh, that is on Spotify. We have a link to that on uh, on Twitter as well add your songs that you like to listen to and uh just bump them bump them as hard as you can new episodes every monday and thursday mondays you're getting an interbrew thursdays you're just getting us two jabronis yapping we'll let you go enjoy the interbrew crack a beer put on a snapback or any hat really and uh and enjoy cheers to you austin we'll hear y'all the next time we hear you
in Maryland. It is a little ridiculous in terms of regulations that are not followed, I guess. I actually don't even know what the state laws are down here, but it's basically open season. Uh, it's wild. Um, going to bars and restaurants and seeing people mashed together like it's like I was talking to my dad the other day and I was like hey guess where we were last night we weren't in the thick of things but I was like literally picture a wedding where it's a giant dance floor 150 people all just inside of it no masks <laughs> yeah. just picture that because it was happening last night during a pandemic and no one was batting an eye it was absolutely wild yeah well it's funny that that you just said that because you said two words that we will be circling back to. You said bars and weddings, and those are two topics of discussion that, that we have here. Um, awesome. Like, are, are you guys, uh, like, you're just kind of isolated yourselves, right? Like, I, and I, know, I don't mean isolated, like, in your, your apartment by yourself, but, like, you're generally just around, like, other 20-somethings, right? Like, yeah. And that's, yeah. that was the, the majority of the people that were out, I have to assume. Yes, all young people. All young Dude, people. Dude, fucking Miami, man. There's a It's crazy. There's a, there's a canceled comedian who has a great bit on being uh from Miami and being Cuban, but he's canceled now, so we can't talk <laughs> about it. <laughs> um weather's got to be a little bit nicer than uh, up north probably. Oh, absolutely. The weather is unbelievable. <laughs> I think my wife was talking to her mom today and she said they just had their first winter day up in Maryland and it was I think it's 37 degrees today. So and it's 70, 75 here. So I, I'm not complaining about the weather at all. Are you a cold weather guy? No, no. That's why I love Florida so much. I try to come down here literally as much as I possibly can. I'm a 25-year-old snowbird. <laughs> <laughs> there's no seasons. Once you get past a certain, a certain spot in the country, there's just no seasons mm -hmm. ever. That's what I grew up with, and like I had to live – I not had to. I chose to, but I lived in Erie in Pennsylvania for two oh, winters, and it was just yeah. – it was such a culture shock that I couldn't – I could not get over it. And as much as I tried, mm -hmm. I just I just knew that like this will never be who I am. I can never live in, in the mm -hmm. snow. Like I just – I'm just not built for that, and, and I couldn't do it. And I cannot tell you how excited it is I am to not be that ever again. <laughs> yes. hundred percent. I cannot blame you one bit. I had a professor who was from Erie and he would always tell stories about like summers there and how they weren't even that great. And it was maybe warm for like two months or something like that. But the rest was just the miserable sun. and rain. And yeah, ugh. you don't see the sun for nine, for nine months. Literally. Once it hits September, the sun goes away and you don't see it again until June. I will say June, July, August are beautiful. It's gorgeous there. Um, and especially there's like two weeks right in the middle of July that you're just like, this is Nirvana. Uh, but other than that, it's, it's cold and it's awful. And I don't like wearing shoes. I don't like wearing pants. Like I'm a shorts t-shirt flip flops guy. I, I, I can't yep. do it. So I'm, I'm very jealous. It's cold up here right now in South Carolina. So I'm jealous of you being in Miami. Yeah, that's it's amazing. Literally this morning I get a Snapchat that makes me want to throw up from this motherfucker Hunter. That's just him. It's, it's winter. I mean, it's November. It's like 40 some degrees in the mornings and he's wearing flip flops driving to work. <laughs> hey, that's uh, how you get frostbite. Do you want oh, frostbite? Wow. Cause that's how, I mean, obviously it has to be a little bit colder, but protect your feet. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, uh, since it's 75 here this morning, I, uh, biked to Publix in my Chinese fake Gucci slides feeling good about myself. I just biked to public in my Gucci flip flop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but I really did. It was great. Uh, so I guess we should say this. Uh, 
welcome, welcome, welcome to our guest for this evening's episode, Anthony Franceschini, everybody. Welcome, Anthony. We, we are uh, thrilled to have you here. Um, Thank you. You you have kind of touched on it. You're currently in Miami, but you're from the DMV. You currently work in the DMV. Uh, tell the people who you are, where you came from, um, and then we're going to jump into some podcast on podcast, inside podcast, podcast talk. For sure. Um, first, I would like to say, very honored to be on this show. Austin said in the last episode that you guys only have people on the show who are really fucking good at what they do. And the fact that you guys invited me on is legitimately an honor. So thank you very much. Um, so like Austin said, I'm from the DMV, born and raised in Annapolis, Maryland. Um, went to Broadneck High School, went to the University of Baltimore, worked for the Orioles. Uh, that was kind of my first job. Um, and I ended up meeting Austin through my career, my short career now in sports. Um, but I started with the Orioles, then went to uh, Monumental Sports and Entertainment at Capital One Arena as an intern, worked for the Capitals there for a while, um, stayed with the Orioles for a few years. Then I went down to St. Petersburg, Florida to work for the Minor League League office, um, which is, again, where I met <laughs> where I met Mr. Austin Scher and Hunter. I believe I met you at one point as well. Um, and then from there, I got full-time opportunity back as an event coordinator with uh, Monumental Sports at Capital One Arena. And that is where I am now. Uh, side side venture that you also have going on now. I was honored, beyond honored, to have been a guest <laughs> on, in my opinion, the only other podcast worth listening to, right? Oh, uh, no, but it is it's Man in the Arena, which... It's a, a brilliant reference, uh, and if you don't get it, it's a good reason to go read a book right now. Just Google "Man in the Arena." Um, <laughs> but tell tell us what what the the premise of the podcast is, and then talk about the guests that you've had so far because you've had uh, you know talk about some some incredible guests. Uh, the stories that are told on your podcast, I don't think are being told on any other podcast right now. Yeah, uh, so I thought there was kind of a not a hole, but a, an opportunity for um, new sports and entertainment, with like a business twist and an educational kind of throw it all together and make a fun, entertaining podcast out of it. Um, I know a lot of people and just like you guys do, you know, we all know so many interesting people in the industry who have so many stories that um, they share and we love and eat up every single one of them. So I was thinking, hey, let's throw these out to the public. People would absolutely love to hear like behind the scenes of sports and entertainment. Um, and so, so far, a few of the guests that I've had, I've had, I think, six episodes at this point. Um, actually, just before getting on the call here with you guys, I interviewed um, one of the guys with Cirque du Soleil. He kind of works on the business end of Cirque du Soleil, and he worked for the Cirque, uh, Circus with Ringling Bros and Monster Jam and Disney on Ice before that. Super interesting guy. He, he toured around the world for like 20 years. Uh, I had my boss, who's the GM of Capital One Arena, had her on for an episode to talk about um, how she books shows and how scheduling NBA and NHL works. Of course, had you, Austin, on. That was wonderful. We talked about um, minor league baseball, uh, the pros and cons of working in baseball and kind of where minor league baseball is going. Uh, and then one of my more recent um, interesting guests was Jonathan Lee Iverson, who was the ringmaster for Barnum & Bailey. That was absolutely wild. I mean, this guy was the main dude for the the circus for about 20 years. He went on late night shows and was talking with Colbert and James Corden and people like that. And I got the chance to interview him. Um, so yeah, we, I tried to kind of frame the conversation with the guest as 
fun, informal, like you guys have it, but also kind of educating on what uh, opportunities are out there. Cause it could also, this, I kind of want my audience to be job seekers in the industry as well, to kind of learn about what opportunities are out there and how they can kind of find their spot and learn more about the industry. So it's been a lot of fun. If you guys want to tune in, YouTube, Man in the Arena, Instagram, I think Man in the Arena, you can find me out there. I think that kind of stuff is so awesome because you're not only uh, you're you're somewhat filling like a passion project, right? Like it's a project for you to yeah. to sink your teeth into and do, uh, but you're also learning something from there. What? How do you go about deciding who you want to bring on, and how do you go about deciding? Like I wouldn't even have thought of bringing on somebody that worked for Cirque du Soleil or worked for the circus. Like that, to me, that just like my brain doesn't even go there. Like I think it's cool. But I wouldn't even think to be like, let's investigate this. Let's learn about this. How are you going about finding uh, people that don't really come to top of mind but have something to say? Yeah. So I would say about with with my job at Monumental Sports as event coordinator, I'm in charge of – we have three event managers and event coordinators. So one of us is in charge of um, the Capitals. One of us is in charge of the Wizards. And then another person is in charge of Georgetown men's basketball. That's kind of how we split it. And then we all three split up the shows and concerts that are not one of those tenant teams. So um, I would say maybe like 15% of my job, since I'm the one assigned to Georgetown, is um, spent working on Georgetown basketball. The other 85% is speaking with the type of uh, the types of people that I've had on my podcast that are from all different kinds of uh, promotions and shows and uh, other venues. And I just meet and talk to so many interesting people. Um, especially on show days when everybody's all in one spot and we're all like at catering together. I just get to talk, talk uh, trash and talk uh, business and talk everything with these people who um, I've heard their names a bazillion times in the industry and I finally get to meet them. It's, it's really great. Um, it's not just with, with my job specifically, I'm not just meeting people in sports. I'm meeting people in music and entertainment and with family shows and things like that. Um, and also a lot of uh, the people who work above me and work with me have been in these organizations like Feld Entertainment, who are the ones who run Monster Jam and Circus and all that. Um, they've had so many affiliations with other interesting companies. So I reached out to them and was just asking like, hey, uh, would you want to come on the podcast? And also, do you happen to know anybody who has worked in your other positions um, who would want to come on? And that's kind of how, that's how Jonathan Lee Iverson came up, the ringmaster. Um, I originally met, I had a Harlem Globetrotter on the first time or my, for my first debut episode, had him on. Um, I met him as an intern. And I just kind of kept up with him over the years. <laughs> he follows me on Instagram, which still blows my mind to this day <laughs> that a Harlem Globetrotter follows me on Instagram. Um, but really, it's just trying to take advantage of uh, the relationships that I've made. Um, whenever I run into an interesting person, I try to kind of show that I'm interested in what they do and show a curiosity. So they kind of take to me a little bit. And then also I want to use um, my network as best as I can and trying to meet new people. And that's kind of what the, the podcast has allowed me to do. So you said something interesting there that I liked, that you continue to keep those conversations going and you continue to keep those relationships going. I think anybody that works in in sports will tell you that is number one, right? Uh, especially in, in like the sales aspect. And Austin can speak to that, where you know that's, that's the foundation of sales. Uh, but in terms of networking and getting that next gig and getting that next role, you talk about helping people uh, and helping young professionals uh, in positions to to get that next gig, 
you talk about helping them achieve that that goal. Yes. Uh, so talk to the uh, the relationship building process because it sounds like yes, while you're employed, while you have a job, you are still working that process and you're still doing what you need to do. Uh, just albeit for a different reason, helping get folks on your podcast, uh, but you're still using those mm-hmm. those same best practices. So speak to that for uh, anybody that might be listening to this who is still looking for that job, wondering, hey, h- how do I network? Because it, it it's a big question. Yeah. And I think like even for me, I think I do an okay job, but I certainly don't know how the hell to always keep up relationships. It's, it's hard to do that. So speak to that mm-hmm. a little bit. So me personally, and, and everybody's going to kind of manage it differently. The, the main point is to always keep up with people that you meet and have a curiosity. Um, if you have a curiosity about them, you want to keep up with them as much as you can. Um, especially if, if say, you're in a, a lot of my relationships came when I was part-time or an intern. And my bosses, um, who I try to create a relationship with while I was there, so I could keep that relationship after I was gone. Um, because I know when I'm part-time and an intern, I'm not going to be there forever. I might not get hired immediately after my uh, position is done for the season or for um, just the semester or whatever. So I've made it a point, or I always made it a point to keep up with all the contacts that I have made because you never want to, you never want to reach out to someone for the first time in a long time and ask for something in return. Um, You want to have that relationship already built. Yep. Yes. I remember uh, Austin, or you guys uh, might both know David Wright with minor league baseball. I think he's with USL now, but he was, I remember I met him on one of my first days at minor league baseball. And he said, every relationship you make here, you need to keep going after you are gone. Because if you don't get hired here at the end of your internship, just keep that relationship going because you never want to reach out to somebody when you need something. You want to reach out to them to maintain a relationship. And I honestly think that my own interests going uh, into my career has um, has made that a lot easier on me because I'm so curious about everything that's going on around me. And I legitimately at the arena, I want to know what everybody is doing at all times. And it's not a it's by no means a controlling thing. It's just I'm legitimately interested in what everybody is doing because the behind the scenes of how an arena works is wild to me. It always has been. And so I just try to eat up as much information as I can. Um, and that's kind of what got me to the position that I'm in today. Every single person that I've ever met, I've tried to keep up with as much as possible. Um, just asking them questions like, Hey, how's it going? What's going on at the arena is, are you busy? What's your job looking like right now? Um, literally just trying to ask as many questions as possible. And I got written, I mean, quote unquote, rejected a lot where people just didn't respond. I I would say maybe like 15% of the cold messages I would send on LinkedIn or through email um, would get responded to. But when they did, I now had a relationship with somebody. Um, I could shoot in my resume. I could ask them questions. I trusted them um, and they knew my name. And then whenever I was applying to a job, I would ask them, hey, do you happen to know anybody with this organization that I just reached out to or applied to? And they would help me out. Um, so when you are a job seeker, you are young and new to the industry, building those relationships is super key. Maintaining them is even more important. And then you can um, use them for literally the rest of your career going forward. Yeah. Also, secret time. Um, the other part of that is when one of those connections that you make uh, has a job that you apply for, it helps a lot to then have that person on the inside. Some would even say it would lead to an offer. And even if you then turn down that job 
and turn down the opportunity to work with the person that you made the connection, uh, you can still remain friends. And that is definitely not the exact situation that the two of us were in a couple of years ago. There definitely wasn't an opportunity to come work with me that you definitely didn't have. And it definitely (laughs) did make me hate you. And I actually have not spoken to you since then. Oh, man. Well, (laughs) see, here was the situation. I was an intern at minor league baseball. We had just finished up the promotional seminar, made a lot of new connections, met Austin, was amazing. We immediately were friends and and kept up with each other. Um, A job came up. Of course, at the end of the internship, I was going to be looking for a job, so I wanted to start early. I see that a position opens up um, with the Daytona Tortugas where Austin uh, was working, and so I apply for it. I obviously reach out. I'm working at the minor league headquarters, so I feel like I'm, I'm a pretty high applicant for this job that was relatively entry level. I reach out to Austin saying, hey, could you put in a good word? Uh, I really like this vision. I would think the whole process from start to finish took about two weeks, maybe three weeks. But in the back of my mind, I knew exactly where I wanted to be at, which was I would have loved to be in Daytona. That job would have been amazing. But I knew that I wanted to be at Monumental Sports full time working in an arena. It was my number one thing that I always wanted to do. And it, I felt it in the back of my mind that something was going to come up soon. And so I was offered the position. I unfortunately had to turn it down. I texted Austin, who had just texted me like the day before. And he's like, yo, you're a final applicant. Let's fucking go. <laughs> and so I text Austin. I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. Got the job. But uh, I don't think I'm going to take it. Dude, it's looking back, I think you clearly made the right decision. Because the podcast, what is now called Man in the Arena, would have had to have been called man in the old office that's actually across the street from the ballpark. It's not physically attached <laughs> to the ballpark, but just across the street. And that's much too long yeah. of a name for a podcast. So That's a fact. Yes. That was the main reason why I did it, because I knew it was coming down the line, the podcast. Yeah. So that's, I, I figured as much. And that's why all is forgiven. That's, you, you clearly made the right decision <laughs> for you, uh, which, which is fantastic. Um, I would have loved to work with you guys, but it just, just didn't happen. Well, that's, hey, like it's it's one of those things where I do think, uh, what's the, uh, is it Shania Twain, the I Hope You Dance, that song that's always mm-hmm. on the soft rock stations? Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, like, you know, like, I hope when one door closes or w- when one door closes, I hope one more opens. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. coined by her. That's never been said. That was never a saying beforehand. Um, no. But like, talk, talk a little bit, like, I, I know you, you do a lot uh, at Capital One. My favorite thing about social media is being able to kind of see things that most other people can't see. Following you specifically is a lot of fun because you do get a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. Like mm-hmm. I, specifically, and I know there's probably some things that you can't say, but I want to know about the Capitals Stanley Cup celebration. So behind the scenes at the Capitals uh, Stanley Cup, I will start by saying that I was actually not there for the Stanley Cup win. Um, it was the worst. I mean, it was the best, but the worst time ever. Because so, so I was working part time media relations for the Capitals up until February of their Stanley Cup year. They won it at the beginning of June. Um, I was working the coolest job that I probably, well, maybe second coolest job that I ever worked behind the one with the Orioles, where I was literally working in the dugout for an entire season. That can be another story, but. For the Capitals, at the end of every single night, I would um, I was helping the communications team. So at the end of every night, I would go into the locker room and just hold a phone up 
to the mouth of whoever was getting interviewed. So whether it was Ovechkin or Carlson or Wilson, didn't matter. I was just responsible for holding the phone, recording the whole thing. Basically why I'm saying this is because uh, I left in February to go down and work for minor league baseball as an intern. Um, and what I could have instead been doing, uh, which probably wouldn't have been as good as uh, for my resume as for minor league, but what I could have been doing was that same job throughout the entire Stanley Cup run. Um, so that part makes me extraordinarily sad. And we also don't have to talk about the fact that I watched the Capitals win the Stanley Cup from Florida and then watched all my friends, coworkers get rings while I just stood idly by in Florida looking at their wonderful pictures of their rings with their names on it. Um, but as far as things that I know about the uh, behind the scenes of Capitals Stanley Cup was that obviously it was extremely wild. Um, a lot of people... Um, were involved in the planning of the parade, which I thought was super interesting to learn a little bit about. Um, I know that they they kind of started putting together the plans a few weeks before it happened. Um, but the amount of permits, the amount of marketing, the amount of security, the amount of everything involved with shutting down Constitution Avenue and the downtown Washington, D.C. and getting all these buses together that are already outfitted with Capital Stanley Cup um, <clears throat> branding and just the amount of work that went into that is absolutely unbelievable to me. And the inclusion of the arena and the team and the city and police, everything was absolutely up the charts. And although I was not there, I heard that it went off without a hitch and there was an absolutely unbelievable amount of people there. That was one of the things that I remember learning about a bit and wanting to ask about because I was watching it from afar thinking, holy crap, how did my coworkers do this? I'm dying to know. Um, but as far as other behind the scenes, I don't have much because I simply was not there. Wait, well, so what were, What are all the videos? Oh my God, I'm just putting it together. What do you that got? Was recent. That was the Nats so, celebrating their World Series on the Yes, I okay, there we go. Yes, so I, I was at the uh, Nationals World Series parade because at that time I was working for Monumental Sports. So actually, I can't remember what the event was that night, but there was, I think maybe, uh, that would have been in October. So it might've been a Capitals or a Wizards game, but I was working that game. I was responsible for being event manager for that game. Um, but the Nationals parade was going on earlier. So I had someone fill in for me who didn't care so much about the parade. I went down to the parade. I just walked down there. I bird scootered down there and then I bird scootered back to do my actual job. But yes, I got to enjoy the Nationals parade, which I'm not a big Nationals fan and Orioles fan um, first. So um, it was very cool to see, but I really wish I could have been there for the, the Stanley Cup parade. Okay, so sick, sick. Uh, great segue. We're going right back into the Orioles time because you said it. What, what's it like spending a season in the dugout at Camden? I, I mean, like, wh how, what? It was, it was amazing, especially at the time because the Orioles, although they were not great, they had a very exciting team. They had – Adam Jones, Manny Machado, Chris Davis when he was good, Mark Trumbo when he was good, Jonathan Scope when he was good. Uh, they had a pretty decent and exciting team. Um, and my position was with the authentics department, which um, basically we were in charge of working with the MLB authentics team and getting all of the balls, bats, bases, um, anything that's game used, even dirt. We were getting that off the field, marking it, um, and you can buy authenticated merchandise on the MLB shop um, website. You'll see it on there. Um, a lot of people don't know about the whole authentication process. It's very interesting. But basically, we were getting all the game-used items off the field, marking them um, with this holographic sticker, 
And then you can look up the serial number of the sticker online. You can see exactly what that ball uh, was used for, what that bat was used for. It'll go literally pitch by pitch of what, um, what ball was used for what. Um, it was absolutely amazing. Spent the whole season down there. It was Aaron Judge's rookie year. So I'm pretty sure he hit like 13 home runs or something like that at Camden Yards that year. Uh, we were selling 13, his, but I think it was eight or nine. Yeah, it was it was a complete it was demolishing. Disgusting yeah. is what it was. It was it was terrible but amazing to watch. Um, we were selling uh, our cheapest baseball that we would sell, which was just like a Chris Tillman pitch in the dirt, would be thirty five dollars. But that year, Aaron Judge's rookie year, obviously all the Yankees fans in the world are at the games at Camden. Way more Yankees fans than Orioles fans. Um, that year, we were selling Aaron Judge. Just pitches in the dirt, nothing that even touched him. But since it was a ball with his name attached to it, we were selling pitches in the dirt for 500 bucks. Foul balls were going for roughly a grand. And then uh, base hits were out of this world. They were usually above two or three, five grand, depending on the kind of base hit. It was Dude, completely ridiculous. I, I imagine you trying to do your job in that team of, of authenticators that season and pretty much every season before 2020 <laughs> had a much harder go of it than the teams that we saw this year, like leisurely, uh, you know, here's a 480 foot home run. We're just going to take a light stroll over there. We'll find the ball. <laughs> yes. All of the ESPN cameras are on us. We'll pick up the ball. We'll look at it. We'll slap the sticker on. We'll stand there with the clipboard. Cause Hey, there's no fans. Uh <laughs> yeah. That was one thing. So it was very interesting. We would always, when we saw a home run go, we would hope that it would land left center to center because that was bullpen to uh, the batter's eye. And that was all just a grass area that fans could not access. So if it's a home run that goes into the seats, that's uh, we, we will never get that ball. Because even if a fan holds it up and says, this is it, it still could not be it. So it's not we can't authenticate it. If it's a home run hit into the bullpen, we would usually get it back, depending on which team and what player caught it and picked it up. Sometimes they would just throw it to the crowd. But those home run balls that went in um, to the center field batter's eye area or into the bullpen and the guys were nice. Those were the ones that we were, we were bringing back to the fans to buy for many, many dollars. Dude, that's like insane. Um, and also really, really cool. Uh, which is a super cool job. Uh, you've, you've done some pretty incredible things through work. But you also, in my opinion, have done one of the most incredible things that I have ever seen in your personal life, which is getting married during a global pandemic. Yes. <laughs> I mean, zero how? out of 10 would not recommend getting married during a pandemic. I can think of a million things I would rather do than get married during a pandemic, but I got married to the love of my life. So there's, it's not all that. Um, so it started out, we, we had our wedding planned for August, um, uh, August 24th, I think is what it was planned as. Um, we got to, I think, late April and we were like, well, it's probably not good to keep this planned. We still had no idea what it was going to be like, but we kind of just wanted to play it safe. And we were like, well, let's just move it. So we moved our reception. Uh, we told the church, hey, we're not going to be there that day anymore. Uh, we'll let you know what we think uh, in a few months. So we moved the reception to next year already placed deposits. So that's awesome. Um, so we had to move those, we couldn't cancel them. Um, and so we instead about a month out of the date that we ended up actually getting married, we came up with the idea. We're like, well, we 
obviously want to get married as soon as possible. Neither of us are super divas in wanting to be married in front of a million people and get the whole party and all the gifts and all of that. We're like, well, let's just get married now and then have the reception and the big party next year. So we planned, uh, we, we have a friend, my, uh, actually it's my wife's cousin. She helped us out. She works for a wedding venue company. She was able to open the venue for a few hours. It was just immediate family and a couple of others, some bridesmaids and some groomsmen. Uh, and it was about 20 minutes and then maybe 45 minutes of pictures. We were the only ones that were uh, allowed to be maskless. Everybody else had to wear a mask the entire time, um, except during pictures. We broke the rules just because we wanted some nice pictures. Um, but yeah, it was the process up to that point was so entirely miserable just because you have so many vendors and and the venue and everything is in place, ready for that one day. And then you got to tell them all, hey, we need to move. And even though this is our contracted date, like we had to like legitimately pull my brother and her sister who are both loyal lawyers and throw them on the scene. It was an ugly, ugly thing, but we got the job done. We did what we wanted to do. We got married and uh, we'll save the fun for next year. Uh, that's, yeah, remarkable. And I'm so happy for both of you. And I just wanted to, to say that uh, officially on the Thank record. You. So happy for both of you. Um, the moment that I saw your your ring for the first time was pretty lit. Also, the Knicks <laughs> just took Obi Toppin. And there ain't no stopping Obi Toppin. Uh, Knicks are back. <laughs> Knicks are back. Knicks are back. Knicks are back. Um, so what a moment for me after getting to hear that story and seeing the Knicks mm. take Obi Toppin. This 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 moment will go down in history, um, for sure. Classic uh, Austin, classic Austin. He, mm-hmm. he got you're talking about your wedding, happiest day of your life, happiest day of your new wife's life, <laughs> and uh, and he has to make it about himself and the Knicks. So, um, not even a really good basketball team either. Uh, it's the fucking Knicks. My that's, God, that's uh, being generous. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so classic, classic Austin. There. I, I'm curious though. Work. I like I like what you were talking about though about um uh, about that wedding. Uh, yeah, I've had this was a weird year. We had I, I was invited to like four different weddings. Like that's the most that I've been invited to in years. Um and uh all three of them except for the last one I got had to get uh had to get banked and or postponed. Um and I always thought like number one, a wedding uh to plan a wedding itself is a nightmare. Um and mm-hmm. uh, but to do it in the middle of a global pandemic when you have to think about uh, other people as well uh, on top of yourselves. Yes. Um, I, I am mm-hmm. not envious uh, of you at all. Uh, did you have to cut anybody from the, uh, th- from the guest list and how did you go about that uh, decision? Uh, so we went the route of, uh, since obviously the guest list was 150 plus people, I think is what it was, was uh, we sent out save the dates. We never sent out invitations. We never got to that point, but we sent out save the dates to, I think, 175-ish people, um, and then we sent out a save a new date um, to absolutely everybody and said, hey, we're rescheduling. Um, if you're getting this, this is our new date. Thank, um, and then- thank God you didn't have the invites <laughs> yeah. out already. I, I want to talk to the people that had to go through their guest list and just either yay or nay these folks because that would have that that's a reality show in and of itself right there. And then to find out if you are on the list or not, <laughs> I think would be absolutely great to go through. Also, yep. I didn't even think about the real winner in COVID is print shops. 
because for all oh, of the save the dates that then require to save the new date, I mean, that's a lot. That's double orders on pretty much everything. Uh, that is true. Winners in, in an election year. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody <laughs> listening to this that sells sponsorships for sports teams, hit up local print shops. They had a banner year, I guarantee it. Between weddings <laughs> and the election, never seen anything like it. Literally never seen mm-hmm. anything like it. Also, Ovi Toppin is bawling on television. He is bawling. He is so happy to be a Nick, and I'm so happy for him. This is truly a banner moment for me within a banner year for print shops. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be confident that those are happy tears. They might be sad tears. <laughs> he could be. He could be mourning the, the loss of his career, effective tonight, <laughs> cause of death, drafted by the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I did I did just realize we've been having a phenomenal conversation, but since this is Snapbacks and Interbrews, we do need to do a brew review as well as a hat review. Um, I'll, I'll start. I don't know if I've ever started this segment, so I, I want to take the opportunity here. No, but uh, this episode is all about you and the Knicks, so go ahead and, and start. Take take it away. Again, this, and, you're welcome to the show, by the way, Austin. You're our guest. It's uh, you know, Snapbacks and Interviews hosted by Anthony and Hunter, and we're interviewing you and about talking about the Knicks. I'm, thank you thank so much for having I'm, uh, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled to be alive right now. I'm thrilled to be a Knicks fan. Um, Wow, I don't know what's going on anymore. But in celebration, I, uh, I actually I stuck with the Highland Brewing. This is is the third episode now that I've done Highland, and it's just it's just a big old shout out to Asheville. Just a big old shout out to Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, this one is their Rising Haze IPA, freshly unfiltered. Um, it's very fruity, and they actually have like chunks of orange in this. Um, either that, or this is an old beer. Uh, but I just bought it. So I think that it's chunks of orange. It's not like chunks. It's like little pieces. I'm not. I'm not drinking like a like like stew, um, but it's really good. Really, really good. Shout out to, to Highland Brewing um, in Asheville for supplying uh, several of my beers over the last few episodes and debuting a brand new hat. This hat is about twelve hours old in my possession. This is an homage to Durham, North Carolina. This is the Durham flag within the state of North Carolina's outline with a bowl right uh, where a, a star would, would normally be. Um, got this at a hometown apparel here in Durham, uh, along with a new sticker for my laptop, a t-shirt, um, a koozie, a Durham flag uh, for my new desk. Uh, news coming soon on that front. And um yeah, so shout out Hometown Apparel. Shout out my hometown of Durham, North Carolina. Uh, and very excited to have a new snapback. I, I told everybody I'm going to go buy new snapbacks. So uh, so this is the first one. Um, Hunter, I want Anthony to round out this one. So you you go next. What are you, what are you drinking? What are you wearing? I, for one, am shocked that you're from Durham, North Carolina. I never knew that. <laughs> That's absolutely wild. I'm very shocked you should have it, more yeah. pride in where you're from, and you should rep it and talk about it much more than you than you do now. You're way too bashful. Um, <laughs> uh, going mango cart, Golden Road Brewery, mango cart. It's very tasty. It's going down way too smooth. Uh, and uh, you know, when I have internet issues here at home, this is my go-to because I can just crush them and forget about all my problems. 
at this point, I think we should be sponsored by Travis Matthew because uh, I've got yet another Travis Matthew hat on. Uh, black. It's got some uh, palm trees uh, like kind of sketched in it too. You have to be close up to see it. Uh, and then the Travis Matthew M, their uh, their primary logo that you see on all the on the hats. That block M is uh, is on the front. Um, pretty simple. Uh, shout out Ryan Moore. He actually got me this hat. Um, but uh, yeah, we mentioned it last episode. Running out of hats. Uh, really, just running out of new hats. They're all Travis Matthew down the road here. So probably the next four or five episodes. That's what you're. Uh, that's what you're going to get. So that's what I got on. Anthony, how about you? Uh, I have an Orioles dad hat on. Uh, it is. It is one of the hats that feels like a uh, like a tarp. They made it for spring training a few years ago. I'm not sure if you guys ever got one. They're amazing. They're very, very comfortable. Um, but it is a dad hat. It is not a snapback. Uh, it's a small, medium fit. That's what you're uh, looking for. Uh, <laughs> and uh, as for what I'm drinking, I'm drinking some uh, H2O on the rocks um, through a uh, basically a sippy cup is what it looks like, an adult sippy cup that has uh, – times on the side of the bottle that indicate what time of the day it is and where I should be at with my water drinking because I'm seven years old. So here's what I got. How are you doing today on your drinking? I got to be honest. I've already reached my quota and this is all bonus liquid. Whoa. Whoa. Little known fact, little known fact, you're supposed to, you're supposed to take your weight turn it into ounces, and that's how much water you're supposed to drink per day, which is a lot. I'm supposed to drink two and a half of these guys. Yeah, wait. Or I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's weight. I'm sorry. I, I, I got that wrong. It is weight divided by two. That's how many oh. ounces you're supposed to do. That's why it's two and a half. A day. Okay, I was going to say, that's that'll kill me. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> would be like three that's gallons. That'd be a lot. <laughs> that, that makes more sense. Also, uh, shout out to uh, – to, uh, Denny, I don't know his last name, but the the Israeli kid that just got drafted by the the Wizards, he is standing in a wine cellar right now for his for his interview uh, with I don't know uh, maybe ten grand, twenty grand worth of wine behind him on shelves, which is just such a power move. Like that's that's the biggest power move I've ever seen. Uh, okay, so speaking of wine on shelves, speaking of drinking water. Anthony, this is this is a question that's that's been on my mind for essentially as long as we've known each other, and I just think that this is the best opportunity to ask you: um, What do you order at bars? Like, if if you're going out like with the wife and friends, like, what do you get at bars? One hundred percent of the time, I am getting an ice cold water. I usually ask for ice, although it is um, often just given to me without asking, which is great. But uh, Yes, it is 100% of the time water. I do not uh, like alcohol. Never been drunk in my entire life. Never even approached being drunk. I've only ever had sips of things. The reason I do not drink is because of taste, 100%. I cannot get by the taste and the burning sensation in my throat. Um, All of my close friends and family, uh, one of their favorite pastimes is to offer me a sip of their beverage and watch my face. Uh, as I drink it and then imitate that face. So uh, yes, uh, it's a water 100% of the time. And then if there's food available, I'm ordering the food as well. I'm so envious of that. I'm so envious of that. <laughs> like I, like I love it's that. It's a lot of money. I wish, 
it's so much money saved. You you don't have the scaries after you, a night of drinking. You don't feel like shit. You're not throwing up. You're not, you know, you just feel better. I that maybe we should do that, Austin. Let's try to go a month without drinking. And we do all the episodes in that month. We are just dedicated to us just trying to drink water and see how we feel. Um I'll support you. I'll support you doing that for sure. Yeah, there's no um, way I could do that, something like yeah, that. Yeah, there's there's no way. I I don't credit is, to you it, though. It's Anthony. one of the like I, I had Yeah. It is it's impressive. It's like are you are you also not like a like a soda tea lemonade guy like a Shirley Temple every now and again? Like do you ever spruce it up? Uh I drink diet coke with lime. That is just about the the only soda that I drink. Uh, have you guys ever heard of a soda, or I think it's a soda, called Hupina, J-U space P-I-N-A? It is a, it's a pineapple soda that I found down here in Miami. I have no idea if it's a popular thing, if it's sold anywhere outside of Miami, what it is. But it is a pineapple soda. It is the greatest thing that I've ever had. 60 grams of sugar in an 8-ounce can. You cannot beat it. Oh, dude, I'm wired it'll, after that. It'll kill you. I, you're gonna have to. You're, you're gonna have to end like before you like move out of Miami. Just like get a pallet and just have it delivered to like <laughs> wherever you're going. <laughs> it's honestly a good idea. I may end up doing that. It is amazing, uh, but still, most of the time, water. I try to treat myself to maybe one of those hupinas a week while I'm down here. I got to keep the fupa in check. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um have you in your time in Miami have you become either Michael Weston or Dexter or a combination of the two? Like have you have you let Miami get to you to that level yet? I have not yet uh because I'm my income is 444 a week from the uh the great district of Columbia. Um, unemployment insurance money. So I'm trying not to ball out too much. Uh, but uh, I've been trying to have some fun. Um, but I, I have not done anything extravagant. I've been hitting the gym a lot because everybody around here looks similar to me, kind of tan with dark hair, but is just an absolute monster in terms of their, uh, their arms and legs. Like <laughs> my thighs are their biceps, but ripped. So I've been I've been trying to beef up because all the guys out here are ridiculous, which is it's honestly a good thing. I wish I could stay here because it's just motivational to go outside. It's like, oh my god, I'm a pencil next to these dudes. So I'm trying to I'm trying to live the Miami life as best as I can, adapt on the fly. So Anthony, you know you know that this is coming because you're you're a a regular listener of the podcast, which we do appreciate. Um, we're we're coming up on our our top five rankings. So if you're new to the podcast, if this is your first episode listening in, every guest that we have, every uh, Monday and Thursday, we have new episodes. Um, every guest that we have, we do a top five. Um, and we have so far done top five rankings of uh, best sporting events that or best sporting venues that we've been to, um, best bars or breweries that we've been to, best places to drink a beer. Uh, Hunter, I'm blanking on, on the rest, but they've been great lists. Oh, Top five Oh Shit songs. Shout out to our Oh Shit songs playlist on Spotify. If you don't follow along, do that for sure right away. 
And Anthony, today we're going to do a, a might be my favorite. Um, it's definitely unique in the sense that I'm not sure if we've had any guests uh, that would truly appreciate uh, this top five, as I think the three of us would. Um, I'm not sure if you know this right off the top, but I will uh, go ahead and get it out in the open that you are, Anthony, the tallest person on this podcast right now. Um, and we it's pretty talk- unbelievable. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, we, we talked about this on uh, our Man in the Arena episode um, being hashtag short kings. And I think it's just important. Yep. Uh, you know, I think short, short people get um, a lot of shit thrown at them. And I think it's time that we shine a light on some of the positives. So our top five today is the top five compliments you can give to a short person. Um, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know if there's going to be 15 things. I think we might have some crossover between the three of us. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> since since I so rudely made you go third in the brew review uh, and hat review portion, I will have you go first just to make sure that Hunter and I do not get to usurp any of your top five compliments to give a short person. Perfect. You want, I'll, I'll start with number five because I did, I did order them in a way where the number one I think is the best. So let's start with number five. Uh, number five is you have great calves. And I actually get this one a lot, but people don't <laughs> think about the fact that I'm a 25-year-old man, but the distance from my knee to my ankle is so short that it's, it's just got to be condensed muscle like if i was six feet tall i would have like little girl cats but i'm 25 oh you have great cats why thank you it's because i'm five foot inches eight inches tall (laughs) that's a really good one that is a really good one uh number four was you have the personality of a six footer um which i have heard i just i guess i have a, a tall personality although i'm a short man Number three, you look so much younger than 25, um, which is true. I may have a baby face, but I also am the height of a regular middle schooler, maybe an average eighth grader. So there's a, that also plays a factor. Uh, number two, and actually the my top two both involve car-related uh, items. Number two is it's so badass that you don't use the sun visor. And that's because the sun visor doesn't offer any assistance because I'm under it and we're seeing right. Like if it's noon, the sun visor is helping me out because it's blocking it from above. But other than that, it's not really doing much. If it's sunset, I'm screwed. I got to wear sunglasses. Uh, Number one, (laughs) number one. And I don't know if I've ever gotten this and maybe someone has probably not, but it's so hot how close you are to the steering wheel. That's one. That's a compliment that, that could be out there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that might be Ladies cool. love someone with their chest that can turn on the horn at any given moment. So none of these have actually been like told to me in lieu of like because of not in lieu of but because of me being short. Like these are just nice things that have been said to me at me as a short person. Um, she's this was, this, this is a fucking terrible top five. Uh, you're smart. That, okay. That's all I got. 
Okay. Just you're smart. That's fair. Um, so these are just basic compliments. <laughs> These are just basic compliments told to somebody that's five five as a short person. <laughs> uh, you have a great personality. Fair. You're funny. You have great hair. You do have that. Thank you. You're good at your job. This is terrible, man. <laughs> like honest, like I've ne- I've never been told I have great calves. Admittedly and objectively, I don't think I have great calves. Um, but none of these none of these things are because I'm short. All of these are just compliments told to me who is short. So it's not like I've been told stuff because I'm like compliments as a short guy. It's just compliments. Because like I've never, no one, no one has ever ever been like. I've never gotten a compliment or something where it's like, Hey, you're short. Like that's, that's cool. Like I vibe with that. Never, ever, ever, ever. Normally it's like, Hey, Hunter can sit in the middle seat. He's short. Like that's not a compliment. (laughs) So here, here we were, I thought trying to turn a negative into a positive. I I don't say it's a negative. I'm okay with being short. I've been short my entire life. I'm 28 years old. I'm not getting taller. Like, I'm not going to hit this magical growth spurt at any point. So I'm okay (laughs) with it. I'm good. But I'm just saying, for a top five compliment as a short guy, like, that could just be top five compliments. Like, (laughs) you didn't have to throw in short guy. (laughs) That's true. But I thought that this was a unique opportunity to shine a light. Because, well, here. So I'll I'll give you my top five. And we'll see if we can't get 10 of 15 positive takeaways here uh so i i didn't rank mine um top to bottom excuse me but here's here's five you sounded taller on the phone that's one that has been said to me a few times because uh, obviously as a salesperson you're making a lot of cold calls and you're having a lot of phone conversations before you ever have a face-to-face conversation and it does always make me feel better to to know that like from a sales standpoint the intimidation factor is there. Like people could think that I'm seven feet tall over the phone. I don't know. Nobody's ever said that, but people have said you sounded taller over the phone. So that's one that is, is real. And that has happened. Um, all right. This one has also happened to me and it's the, uh, Oh, you're, you're better than I thought after playing like pickup basketball, a third of five. This one's only been said to me once. And I don't honestly know if they were being truthful or not, but I still remember it. So it meant something to me is those pants make your legs look long. I don't remember what pants they were. I'm imagining I was probably in like a suit or something uh, in a situation where I had my shirt tucked in because I never tuck my shirt in like unless I'm at work. So obviously when you tuck your shirt in, it takes a few inches off of the shirt length and it makes the looks the makes the pants look longer. So I'm, I'm sure that's all it was, but it has stuck with me. Uh, that person saying those pants make your legs look long. Um, four, four is, um, again, I've been told it a few times, but I think everybody has been lying to me. It's the, uh, oh, I didn't even notice. You know, like, that's bullshit. You noticed. Uh, I, <laughs> I know that you noticed, but I do appreciate you saying like, oh, I didn't even notice that I'm looking down to talk to you. Uh, or, oh, I didn't even notice that 
you know, like you're the average height of like, you know, a, you know, Napoleon era French man, you know, whatever. Uh, but, but I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, and then fifth, this is like, Oh, you like the, the people that are like, it kind of goes back to the sports thing, but I think this can be drawn out to like anything is the like, Oh, like you're pretty good at insert activity for a short guy. And you know, like, again, like it, it, it is a backhanded compliment, but it's a compliment. It's a nice thing to say is like, Hey, again, it's kind of acknowledging that, yeah, when I took a first glance, I wasn't expecting production results, whatever out of you. But now having seen you perform the activity, mostly again, like basketball or something, uh, I have a different level of respect for you as a short person. So um, those are my five. And um, I do just want to make it clear that all three of us are hashtag short kings and nobody can ever take it away from us. Anthony, pleasure. Thanks, man. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Appreciate the stories. Uh, you know, obviously we try to get a, a variety of, of folks, but uh, you know, it was nice to have your perspective and looking forward. I got it. I got it tune into that episode uh, with Austin and the rest of uh, your episodes and uh, would love to have you back here eventually at some point. Hey, that's the beautiful thing about these podcasts that the, once they're out on the internet, we could literally just listen to this on loop forever and ever and ever. And quite honestly, I might do that up the listener numbers a little bit, just set the episode on repeat, turn the volume down to a couple, go to sleep to it, wake up to it the next morning. Um, that's my suggestion for everybody. So when you leave this, if you have not already, subscribe, rate, review. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're on Google Podcasts. We're on Anchor. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, make sure that you drop us a, a review. Um, we will read it uh, on an episode and, and give you props for giving us props. Um, obviously, don't make it a one-star rating. Uh, rate it honestly, which is obviously going to be a five-star uh, so give a, give us a rating, follow us on Twitter at interbrews pod, um, follow Hunter at H underscore Hornstein, follow myself at Austin underscore share for our fantastic, fantastic guest, um, Anthony Franciscini. Once again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us and regaling us and our listeners with some of your stories, uh, especially the, the getting married in a pandemic thing. It's fucking wild. Uh, can't thank you enough for being here. Hunter, thank you so much for all that you do for us, for our Twitter, for our listeners. Uh, and uh, once again, if you have not followed along, make sure to do that as soon as possible. For Anthony, for Hunter, I'm Austin. And remember, keep your glasses up, your hats backwards, and love yourself as much as we love you.